So this is another bonus episode because boners. <laughs> okay, cut, yeah, hide, you hide, that stupid hide your children. No, we're keeping that in. Uh, this is we're not cutting anything unless I say stupid. What happens when when middle schoolers run a podcast? I know. Well, uh, uh, but this is a, a bonus episode um, because we don't have a guest, but we have a subject that is really important. Um, and it's a little bit of a game changer. I'm going to flash back to Rob and I, uh, we were in LA pitching a show, I guess two years ago and we went to Sony and we won't say who we met with, but we met with a high up animation exec over there and we, we pitched our show, uh, and ended up uh, selling to a different studio. Sorry, Sony, you had your chance. Uh, but while we were there, we said, well, so what are you guys working on? And the executive leaned in and Rob, you know, exactly what, you know, what yeah, I'm yeah, about, right? yeah. So executive leans in. <laughs> you're checking to make sure I still have a pulse. Cause I, <laughs> no, because I wasn't sure if yeah, like you were, if you're like Trevor, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? So the executive leans in and he's like, Hey, um, you know, we, we got this Spider-Man thing and it is like nothing you've ever seen before. And I'm like sitting there going, well, no offense, Sony, but like, it was, it's challenging for me to get excited about their properties. Mm-hmm. Hotel Transylvania was kind of interesting because I have kids. Mm-hmm. And when the first one came out, my kids were young enough to like grab onto it. They weren't really into cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Oh, I love cloudy with a chance. But yeah. And I, I don't want to knock Sony and, and I think that they were doing amazing stuff, but in terms of well, you're not what they Sony, it's, I think it's more than anything. And I definitely don't want to knock the filmmakers who are behind that no, shit no, either. No, no. Cause I, that shit's hard to do. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you definitely like when you're. I think that the trepidation is about Sony and Spider-Man, which has been a, which has been, they've been hanging on to Spider-Man and they've been making movies from what I understand, which is all complete hearsay, but they've been making movies to hold on to the property. There's some, something about like, like they have to make the picture make movie or, else or it goes get... back to Marvel. Really? So this is, could all totally be bullshit. Uh, but. but so, so my, so but it's the, Hollywood. So yeah, it so, sounds like, it, I mean, this is a place where you can be half pregnant. So, so when you're hearing that, when you, when you, when you're hearing that Spider-Man's going to be really good. Also in LA, the, the Kool-Aid is so thick that. Yeah. It's like jello. No one ever like talks Kool-Aid about jello. anything and is like, this is a real, we're working on this thing and it's a real piece of garbage. Like everybody is always like, <laughs> those, is, those, those words have is, come out of my mouth before. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, it's the greatest. So th- there is, you know, like you're even more kind of skeptical. You know what I mean? Like you're at Sony. Yeah. They're talking about Spider-Man is great. I'm a little skeptical. Yeah. And th- now the executive has a huge amount of credibility. I've worked with that individual in the past and he was aware of your work. Uh, or no, you guys ha- actually had a relationship. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so coming from that particular person, it was like, oh, well, I got to kind of believe this guy because he's not actually full of shit. He's one of the few. Hollywood executives who are actually, actually like pretty you know what? fucking pretty cool and sober. I, and I think the way the timing worked out is I think they had released the teaser already. Negative. Holy are you sure? No, I'm damn sure. There was no, there was nothing. Hmm, all right. There was not a goddamn thing. Because when sir. that teaser came out, I was. But we're, we're talking two years ago, dude. I know, but the teaser was a while ago. The teaser came out a while ago. I wasn't ago. aware of the teaser. Um, but he he was saying these guys are cooking something you know really amazing and it's really groundbreaking i think maybe i'm probably completely murdering the fucking words he said um the sentiment's correct but the sentiment is there like yeah. the spirit is there 
But again, going back to uh, it, w- it was challenging for me to get excited. I mean, I think Sony lost me with Surfs Up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like at that point, I was like, oh, this kind of hurts a little bit. And then you hear, you know, Sony Vancouver shutting down or Sony this mm-hmm. is shutting down, and it's like it just it felt like from an Probably animation a point of, of view. Meatballs is so fucking good though. Like that is a that is a great. And I'll tell you something else. And I'm gonna, Please, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, put yeah. more money on Please. the table. Not I'm not only, saying it's not good. Oh my god! Not only is that movie really fucking good, it was also the first non-Pixar-ish uh, feature that was really good um, out of the major studios. So it was like everybody else is doing movies that are really good, but they all feel like they're inches away from that kind of like Pixar movie model and. Cloudy yeah. with a Chance of Meatballs was crazy cartoony. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. had a comic style, you know, of the of what would later become the the Lego guys. You know, it had like this, you know, really heavy gag oriented script. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, that had heart, but it wasn't like it wasn't about just the emotional journey. It was it was something really different, and also it took a property that. In all honesty, like when you heard that they were mo- making a movie about Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, nobody was like, that sounds like a great Fuck, idea. No, no, no. I will. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Okay. I was at like a, when uh, Cloudy was in development and I was like, I didn't know anything about the property, mm-hmm. but when I uh, came across a title, I was so fucking envious. Just really? the alliteration of saying that phrase, Cloudy. With a chance of meatballs. Have you, for me as a child, I'm like, oh my god, that just opens up all of Pandora's box. Did of, you know of the possibility? Book? No, but after hearing the title, when what I the fuck at, more do you need? When right? I was, a, when I was, a, when I was, a, I grew you know up, that food's gonna come from the sky. I grew up reading that book. Oh no shit! So it's a favorite. It's not like a. It's not like a nothing book. I didn't know. I, I wasn't. I was a fucking idiot. You Sorry, know, you like were probably, a, but I was an idiot. I wasn't that. Uh, 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 I, I wasn't aware of the property. Uh, you probably. You're probably better off not being aware of the property because you were able to like extrapolate and imagine what could be. Whereas like I had read this book and I was like, what is the like what. The book is like there's there's a weather pattern and food comes down. Yeah, but it was Shrek was like five pages of like so, yeah, horrible and, drawings, and then that turned into a franchise. We're not going to talk about. We're trying to stay positive, okay? Let's ooh, not. oh, we're always positive on the show. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I'm negative about on the show is myself and probably my drinking habit. So, um, so you know when Shia, when poor Shia was in Surfs Up, for me aesthetically, I didn't know. You know, like I, I've, I've come to expect a certain type of picture from Pixar. Uh-huh. I've come to expect a certain type of picture from Blue Sky. Um, and I've, I've come to expect a certain type of picture from Dreamers. Warner Brothers. Yeah. And especially, you know, Dreamworks, but Warner Brothers and Paramount, I'm always like, okay, this is going to be like a weird wild card. You know, like, the, the, you know, Rango, for instance. Oh, I love Rango that. was fucking unbelievable and it was put out by paramount who wasn't really paramount wasn't really doing a lot of animation at the time they fucking knocked that out of the park good job gore um but anyway with sony i i wasn't sure what to expect i felt like surfs up uh again for all the filmmakers involved in that great fucking job it was just it it just it didn't it didn't pierce my heart like a lot of other things did and I'll also throw Happy Feet in there, which I thought was like a really fucking weird movie and Wait, oddly designed. No, no, no. Warner Brothers and Animal Logic did, um, out of Australia, did Happy Feet. Okay. I was going to say, because uh, you don't want to be a two penguin studio. 
No. And also, I don't want to say anything to piss off uh, the Mad Max filmmakers who, how do you make Mad Max and then just suddenly shift gears and make happy feet? So that's pretty fucking amazing to live in a world where mm-hmm. that can happen. Mm-hmm. That's fucking amazing. Anyway, so long story short, we go, it's two years ago, we're at Sony. We're pitching our little show that they didn't buy. And, <laughs> and uh, we hear about Spider-Man. Flash forward to, it sounds like you saw the teaser a lot earlier than I did. I saw the teaser a while ago. I, when the teaser hit and social media basically was like, you need to look at this, like everything, all of, all of my social media was like, Oh my God, Spider-Man, you know, into the Spider-Verse, take a look at it. And I was like, okay, well, this is weird because the title's weird, Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, I, I was seeing like pictures of pigs and I was like, mm-hmm. wait, what the fool? I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is fan art. So they're getting kind of silly. I don't know anything about comics or, 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 or the Spider-Man universe or who any of these fucking people are. Um, but I saw that fucking trailer and I keep, like, I have to interrupt you for a second. I yeah, keep please. thinking that Dustin's over there shifting his weight or something. Cause the pig, the pig's back in the house and I can hear her. Oh, she's rooting her off for food, right? Scuffling back yeah. there. Oh yeah. Oh, it, oh, I thought that was Dustin too. Yeah. I was like, our shifting. podcast producer's just making a bunch of extra white noise in the background. No, it's um, the pig. She's a uh, great. That's torture. You don't see if she'll say hi to the fans. Yeah. Great. We have uh, listeners in Afghanistan. How do you feel about that? She's eating. Sense. She's like, I she's know, like uh, when I run out of food, I'll make some noise. But for I, right I, now, I'm good. I, I know we're talking about Spider-Man, but dude, seriously, who the fuck is listening to us in Afghanistan? That's great. Yeah, but is it like the CIA and they're like, no, Afghanistan is a huge country with a, down with, a with, with a, uh, with a, you know, don't believe the, don't believe your news cycle that just shows you the, yeah, the, the the uh, desert warriors in Afghanistan. But are there motherfuckers in Afghanistan right now making puppets and fucking animating? I fucking hope. How so. unbelievable would that be? That'd be so amazing. That's the 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 you know. I just wish I spoke like Pashtun or something, and I could like I could say. Man, I wish going. I fucking spoke Spanish. I don't speak I wish, anything. I know I can barely speak English. Okay, so going back to this, so the trailer so, comes out. So the trailer comes out, and I, yeah, see I don't it even know if it was a trailer. It was like a teaser, right? Because it didn't say anything about the movie. It, it just had like some. Act, it was an action sequence. It was whatever I whatever the first thing off. that I got exposed to. I was like, oh no, they didn't. I was mm-hmm. like, this. You know, it's like certain things you see something and you, and you get chills. Yeah. Like it was, I don't remember if I got actual, I'm getting chills now thinking about it, but I don't know if I got actual chills when I saw it, but I saw it and I was like, Sony done did it. Well, like they fucking, they did it. It was everything that that executive had said. So here's, here, so please, please, please. Uh, so my take yeah. when I saw it was, uh, I was still, I was super excited about the teaser. But I was really skeptical about the movie. And here's why. You were skeptical about the film. Yeah. You mean after having seen the film? No, 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 no. After seeing the teaser. Oh, yeah. I'm saying uh, two things. One, uh, most of the time when I see something that's like that visually exciting, something that seems so um, creative and new, um, I'm disappointed once I see the movie in the filmmaking or the storytelling or the, you know, it's almost like, oh, they nailed the visuals and that's what you got to see in the Mm -hmm. teaser. And then you see the movie and they did that, but then the, but everything else suffered. Really? Wait, wait, go, wait, wait, go deeper. So you mean like, like, like the aesthetic was used as a gimmick and then they, 
they put all their energy and their flashlights were shined on just the aesthetics and then the actual fundamentals of storytelling suffered. Yes. That's my, that's that, that was one, that's one thing that has, that I, I, I think happens a a lot. And I had the feeling it was happening here as well, or, or was worried that it was. Cause also I'm, you know, Spider-Man, uh, was a big deal for me as a little kid. Yeah. Um, uh, that and, ma- yeah, that makes one of us. Yeah. And he's <laughs> I, like, that's the one superhero thing that I would possibly care about that. Or maybe the thing. Those are two things. When I was a little kid, I was way into them. My first toy. I don't even was, know uh, what the fuck you're talking about. The thing from Fantastic Four. I don't know. Uh, oh, the thing that rock guy. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fucking Michael Chiklis. When I was a kid, it wasn't Michael Chiklis. <laughs> it wasn't the guy from Rampart. It was Rampart pre-Michael or Chiklis. The fuck that TV show was. Uh, I was a anyway, kid anyway, but yeah, so but not to disrespect ago. that because I understand. Yeah, 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 when you're a kid and you, you you make those attachments, it becomes really fucking important. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and 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 so and so even more, you know, you you kind of put the barrier up to you make sure someone's not gonna not gonna hoodwink you, you know? Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, and besmirch your memory of this great thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like Michael Chiklis did to your, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mike. Uh, and then fuck, I love Michael Chiklis so much though, man. I'm a such, I love the shield was so good. But Where did he go after the shield and after the fantastic four? Where did he go? What happened? Uh, he's been on stuff. He was, on... he got replaced by that fucking other big rock guy from gardens of the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That guy, that guy can't, he's no commish. I tell you what, no, uh, you know, it's funny. Cause that show was called rampart. Really? But, yeah, but they changed the name of the show before it aired because it was based off the L.A. Rampart yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. scandals. Yeah. Um, I remember I was working in uh, development at the time in L.A. or Beverly Hills, and I think the pilot, yeah, it was still like literally written on it. Still said Rampart. The crazy. Time. I was like, why did they change the name? Um, anyway, anyway, so, so you had okay. fears that so, the thing was going to so be fears. dog shit. The other, or thing, the story was going to be. The dog other shit. thing is that I this is a generational thing. I believe that my generation are. Haters, and I recognize that 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 time is haters like complainers. No, not complainers, just fucking haters, oh. hating on shit. Wait, but are, we're the same generation. Yeah, we're like relatively the same. Age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think now, you know, like the generation coming of age now are coming into themselves now are much more kind of like positive and positivity, and like that's not my we we hate shit. Maybe so, because my girlfriend's younger than me, and she's really positive and amazing, yeah. and I'm just like this negative yeah, asshole. I just want to hate this shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but good so uh, it takes a village, everybody. So there's also that aspect that I realized that like my like I like part of me wants to hate this movie. Yeah, but you were but in your maturity, you were, you you were you were trying to temper that down or tamper that down. Uh, temper. Sh- temper trying no. No, I think like I think like honestly like I probably went into when I actually saw the movie. Yeah. Uh, went in there feeling like, um, there was a, there had been, I saw it early. So there, there had been a little bit of hype, but it wasn't totally hyped up yet. But even a little bit of hype, I was still like, I was like, yeah, this probably, probably just people want to like this. They want yeah. it to be fucking good. You know, like yeah. there's a lot of movies where people are like, this is the greatest movie. And then you go see it and you're like, this is not that good. But, but now, shall we unveil the court curtain towards, now us having seen this fucking movie yeah yes it's amazing holy what in the fuck i okay going back to what you just said about you know like okay you can break art down into two pieces you can break it down 
any any piece of artwork, whether it's a book or whether it's a painting or whatever, you have the aesthetic and you have the didactic. You have, well, what's the idea and how is it executed? Everything, every fucking creative endeavor, piece of artwork can be broken down into those two things. Spider-Man as a story is, you know, it's a story about this, the next Spider-Man and the creation of this fucking universe and this giant, beautifully, <laughs> beautifully designed bad guy, uh, who likes to kill people in front of his family. Um, but having said that, the Spider-Man, you break this into two parts. One is the daring, daring, daring aesthetic yep. that they went through. That was fucking amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like at a certain point, they, uh, those good intentions could have gone wrong. Cause after five minutes, you could have developed a fatigue of being like, well, fuck, I don't want to watch panels anymore. I don't want to watch the booms out. But it's paced so well. But exact, it is doled out yeah. like a spice. Yeah. In, I, I in would, the, like perfect fucking measure. I would say even within, even with the, even with the, the pacing of the story versus the action sequences, um, they kept me caring what was going on in the action sequences and yeah. excited to see them. Because they, by giving me enough story, but also by not having the action sequences go on so long that I, that I zone out at all. Right. Like I, right, my, right. My, my thing is that, like, so I just also went to go, I went to see, um, the Dragon Ball Z movie with That's my right. Kids. I saw your post on the Facebook, which is fucking awesome. But I'm a Dragon Ball Z fan. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it's going to be awesome for everyone yeah. to go see it. But anyway, I, I saw that and it was amazing. And the action is bananas. And even, even as a fan, <laughs> the action is bananas. Uh, going to see it, it was like, there's something happens if the action goes on a little bit too long, where I, I kind of like, I zone out. Yeah. And yeah, it's like Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I didn't, the, the thing that kind of blew me away with Spider Man was not only did I not zone out, but when I knew an action scene was coming, I was hyped up every time. Like you, you know, you yeah. can feel that like, yeah, they're going and they're going to go yeah, yeah, fight yeah. Kingpin. And, and, uh, and I was like, Ooh, yeah, more action. And that's not for, that's not my normal, even though I love action movies, not my normal MO. I don't like action for action. Wait, sake. Do you know anything about Kingpin? I mean, historically, not a because ton. I'm not a huge comic book guy because me going into this, I don't know. I don't know fucking thing about anything except like some dude gets bitten by a spider and then he mm-hmm. can like, Kiss a girl upside mm. down or whatever. Yeah, that reminds. So, oh no, no, go no, go, but but to your point with the doling out the pacing of a, a very well measured scoops of action and drama, um, I feel like I mean I I feel like there's a million different ways to kind of tackle this, but um, the and my mind's racing because I just want to say 18 things at once. But mm-hmm. just going back to Kingpin, um, the aesthetic is obviously daring because they're there's like weird shit happening all the time aesthetically, but peeling back the layers of just the story also being kind of daring is I don't know if Kingpin's backstory in the comic books are the same as what's in this movie. And what I mean by that is normal bad guys in the stereotypical way of thinking, especially in the Western storytelling, they're bad guys and they do not possess emotion by way of love or attachment unless it's like envy that was not the case in this picture. His love for his wife and his child was as real as any good guy character you would ever see. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he was a murderous son of a bitch. But to for especially for younger audiences going and seeing this movie, 
It's like younger audiences get to see a dimension of a bad guy that is not, that is complex. And yeah. same thing with his fucking, with his uncle. Like his yeah, uncle yeah, yeah. was a yeah. mentor to him. And yeah, his uncle kind of broke the rules here and there as an uncle. And obviously broke the rules. As, as like fucking <laughs> dressed as fucking Carmen San Diego yeah, yeah. jumping around and shit. But, um, but the, the way they handled the complexity of the humans at the center of the story was, yeah, fucking I'll like even, that's giving me chills just yeah, saying that. Like I, fuck the aesthetic alone. I mean, if you peeled all that off and this was shot like a Pixar film, like straightforward with shot reverse shot, um, that would still be there. Those characters and their motivations and how we got to get to know them. I feel like it's actually a really as is just as unique for like a rated G or whatever the fuck it was uh-huh. rated family film is just as unique as the as the heavy aesthetic treatment. Had to be PG, right? There's no way it was G. There's too much know. violence for G. Find it. I'm gonna have to hire an intern to do um, all of our fact checking. But uh, I, I and I, you know, the, another aspect of that is that is the the idea of of Spider Man being an everyman. Right character, no where fucking shit. I normally is like is is the the everyman thing. It's so hard to pull off because it's it's because usually it just sucks. Usually it just me. It's it's like a it's a cartoon of a real human being that, that everyman doesn't really exist. Once you stare at someone long enough, you find a real personality behind yeah. there. And one of the things that I loved was that he was not uh he was not a nerd. He was not a tough he was not guy. Like an outcast. He yeah. was not an outcast. He was yeah. he was really was kind of like an everyman character, but he seemed so specific. I think it had to do with the acting and the treatment of him uh, in the scenes. They really went after him having specific uh, interactions with his dad, with his mm-hmm. uncle, with music, um, where. They they kind of got to an everyman place without having to make this really stupid fake character that you normally see as an everyman. Um, yeah, I, I, I going back to that, like say, like just focusing on that character and then widening the flashlight out to his parents is that I felt like in what's happening in today's political climate with identity politics and uh, this you know, movement to preserve white culture in America or some fucking garbage to have a movie with a, uh, black father and what I perceived as like a, uh, a, like a, a Puerto Rican mother. And then that makes our main character, a mixture of those two ethnicities. Uh, the amount of, of diversity in this film to me felt like the America that I know, you know what I'm saying? Like it felt like, well, that's the America that I grew up in. Yeah. And that it felt also that that was a really beautiful risk to take right now in this climate. And I know it takes fucking years and years to make these. And so somebody made the decision to make the protagonist African-American or or, or of mixed race three or four years ago when they wrote the fucking thing. Yeah. But that to me was so refreshing. And to sit there with my, son and watch that film and my beautiful girlfriend maria um to watch that film with my son who is like basically the 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 age of that protagonist Mm -hmm. to watch a film where he wasn't just sitting there watching a white character Mm -hmm. do a bunch of white things and save a bunch of people just basically because he's white it was like it was fucking 
literally, it was amazing. Like I'm getting chills again, just thinking about that, just like that aspect of it, of seeing, um, what I, what I believe to be a more accurate representation of this country, mm-hmm. um, and seeing these characters not as like, Oh, that's a black character. Or, oh, that's, that's a, a character from this particular place. There's just fucking human beings going through doing some fucking human shit. Right. And then some sci-fi shit happens. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. was fucking yeah. beautiful. That aspect of it. Um, again, like getting away from just pointing out like the aesthetic, but going back to those storytelling choices. Right. So back to the aesthetic though. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was fucking brilliant. You know, everything about it, one, everything about it was beautiful and gorgeous and really well done. And all of the things that that I feel like I can imagine the meetings where people are telling people that it's not going to work yep. and they all totally worked. Yep. Like 12 frames a second action camera moves. I can't tell you in stop motion how often people tell me that's not going to work. Yep. And then yep. I fucking watched it work in a, on a giant screen. So if it works for Spider-Man, it fucking works. That, But somebody at some point, Rob, someone at Sony, because I feel like every picture starts off with – you hire a director because of their fringe ideas, right? Mm-hmm. You hire them because of their style, but then, and then you put them in the rock tumbler for four years and file down all the edges. Right. That's exactly what happens for the, for the sake of safety, yeah. for the sake of the executives whose job it is to make sure that the film makes as much money as possible. Right. I feel like that synapse at Sony. I don't know who the direct executives were that oversaw this picture at Sony, but at some fucking point, I feel like the executives were incredibly brave. Yeah. And it's not like the Sony Sony folks. It's not like the folks that are sitting in Japan or whatever. It's the folks who are overseeing the picture directly, specifically, at a certain point, uh, handed, fully committed and handed the keys over to the creatives. Yeah. And, and said, look, I trust you. Run with this. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, like how, I feel like you either have to go full tilt with a picture like this. Or no tilt. You can't just, you can't yeah, go fucking been, halfway. It would have been weird the and other thing muddy. Is that, yeah, it really would have been if they had, or even if they'd gone non-tilt, if they'd just gone straight with this movie, it would have just been, it would have almost not existed. Like it would have come out. It would have done whatever it did at the box office in, in relation to however they marketed it. And then it would have gone away and you'd never think about it again. That's, and, I think you this, bring up a really interesting point. I, I still created a, a moment, a mark on the, on the schematic for the year that shows like, holy shit, this is a, this is, this has done something that other movies are not doing and that other, not just other animated movies are not doing, but it's doing a, it's doing something. It's filling a niche. And the thing that gets me the most excited about it is that whenever something like this happens, um, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a proof of concept that there is, a market for this exact thing. Yeah. You know, like a big market. And until, until it does it, no one's going to believe that that market's there. They're yeah. going to look and they're going to say, we well, want we know Pixar. That, we know that the toy story markets there. Yep. It's already been proven, Yeah, but it only got proven because Pixar made toy story. Right. You know? Right. And like, right. Um, but it's, it's fuck it. But you're right. But it's tough because at the end of the day, this is, this is a business with investors putting up money. I mean, at that level. Yeah. This is a business with investors putting up money and their expectation is that if they put up a hundred bucks, they're going to get $130 back, you yeah. know? And so it's like the, those gatekeepers have to make sure that that happens. But at the same time, well, the problem though is that, is that, is that the, is, is so like all this creative shit is, is a fucking gamble 
It is a, a fucking best of times. Uh, it's a gamble. Absolutely. You so take the more like, you try, yeah, yeah, the yeah. more you try to put a rudder on all that creative shit, the more likely it is that you're just gonna you're gonna be dead in the water. You're not gonna make like that's the thing is like if it was if it was a simple equation where like the executives were like no you can't do this because this plus this equals this right that would be one thing but it's not it's it's more it's more like people come in and try to fucking fix shit and change shit and it knocks down the house of cards and yep. you get. Seven movies that no one gives a shit yeah, about. You get these like Frankenstein. Yeah, absolutely. But and one movie that that people, the one movie that people are talking about, everyone pretty much agrees. How did this get made? How did this even happen? You right. know, especially in the midst of you're doing a Marvel property in the middle of the heyday of the fucking Marvel movies, yeah. where everyone's like, "Holy shit, the Marvel movies!" And we're and- like in between that big. I don't, I don't really watch those Marvel films, but we are like part two of that thing where everybody, half the people died and Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy died. But it's like, like so we're like right now, Marvel is a, is a thing the way that like Disney was a thing. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't. Yeah. Whatever. 10 years ago. You no, I mean, 10 years ago, like when way. I was, like I interviewed at Marvel to be an assistant way back in the day when I was, when I was coming up in Hollywood. And it was like, they were saying like, oh, we just signed a deal with so-and-so and you were going to do like one picture every three years and stuff. And I didn't, I lied in the interview and I was like, I love comics. Yeah, I ended up yeah, not getting yeah, the yeah. job because yeah. I think they saw the look on my face yeah. and they're like, this kid's a fucking liar. Yeah. You don't like comics. But like, so like, but, but yeah, I hear you. it's a thing and it's like really big, but you're right. So it's you're a really saying big that thing. that makes that, it harder for Sony to put this picture out? Yeah, because this. And harder to take risks? Because this, now you're doing, you're making a Spider-Man movie that has nothing to do with this Marvel thing. Like the Marvel yeah. thing, the whole Marvel thing is the like, is the like, we have all these different movies and they all relate in the same universe. But it's true. They're but all interconnected. And, and Spider-Man's actually in these movies too. Like he as is. a character, he's like. And there is now another fucking... Spider-Man movie coming out that's yeah. part of that Marvel universe. And right, this right, is still. Right. So that does seem kind of like weird. This is like alternate universe yeah. and it's animated. Yeah. Like. I, I don't know. I don't know. But how it's like they a got big it. Hail Mary. But okay. So check this out. So. One of the things that, that, um, cemented the fact that, that I think that the film was very, was done in a very risky way. And by risky, I mean exactly the way I would like to do every film in do my you know career. How much it cost? Did it, you was have ni- an idea? it was 90 million. Okay. Yeah. At the end of the film, Marie and I both, uh, took, we, we bet on how much the film cost. Mm. And my, and right out of the gate, I was like, this feels like 90 because you take Despicable Me made in France for 60, 65 million. Yeah. And that, uh, this felt like, you know, Despicable Me feels like a Pixar film and the fact that aesthetically it's straightforward. So yeah. I was like, ah, they probably put an extra 30 million. So I was, I ended up being right. I'm not always right, but I ended up being right. Um, but I will say that, uh, putting a pin in our last conversation about, uh, executives giving the keys to the kingdom to the, to the creatives uh-huh. is I have said this before. I will take it to my fucking grave and I will say it again to everyone who's listening. The most important fucking decision an executive or a producer can make lies in casting the right director from that point on you trust that individual it's like getting married but you make the fucking you make all of your heavy decisions in how and who you marry you know what i'm saying like and i think that in this respect that this is what you get when you fully commit to a creative um and that you do your homework and you get the right person um, but one thing that bewildered me is, and let me see if you remember this from the, from the, from the movie, um, their treatment of, uh, depth of field. Yeah. Do you remember that? Amazing. 
Did you see? So instead of it going soft focus, either close to camera or away from camera, when they wanted your when they wanted the audience to focus on a particular thing, mm-hmm. normally um, something will go out of focus. Yeah, you know, are- like in the '90s, the Counting Crows music video <laughs> was always like that dude on the fucking railroad tracks, shot with such a shallow depth of field that you couldn't see what was happening. Yeah. So, so for, I'm just gonna I'm gonna film film class this for. Oh yeah, film quick. class it. Yeah. Uh, uh, so depth of field is how how much of your frame is in focus so when you have a shallow depth of field it means you have a very narrow window of focus and everything before and after depth wise so you take the camera uh everything before you get to a point and after you get to a point will be softer if you have a narrow depth of field meaning the 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 little focal plane is really short um and this has to do with the length the length of your lens it has to do with a number of things but the most the the biggest most common part of it is the length of the lens so normally if you shoot a wide angle lens you have a lot of depth of field you can you like everything from two feet in front of the lens to infinity is in yeah and you focus. can see filmmakers like wes anderson or or citizen or or, or or orson wells they really like to do what's called deep focus where it's like almost like shooting a stage play where and then, every fucking thing in the world is in focus. Right. Yeah. And then uh, um, when you use a longer lens, like, uh, you know, I think it's anything over a 50 is considered right. a longer lens. Um, it, you start getting a narrower depth of field. So if you use a crazy, like a 180, use an, a, a, an insanely long telefo- telephoto lens, you will have uh, only a sliver will be in focus. Like it, in the 70s, if they shot like a street scene in New York, and you know that kind of scene where everyone, this is just street is mobbed with people and they're tracking one person. Yeah, yeah. They're using, uh, they have a really narrow depth of field and, and so that only that person's head. I know. I'm focus. thinking like Midnight Cowboy. Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and, and, uh, that, so essentially what you're saying is in Spider-Verse, um, but that shit didn't happen. There was never an instance where something went soft, like a, a Gaussian blur or something. Not in a traditional yeah. way. Not in a traditional way. But, it fucked with your eyes in a way where you couldn't look at it, where you were, st- your eyes were still forced to go where the filmmaker wanted your eyes to go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They so off- did you see what they did? Well, uh, what, what I, I, what I thought they did. Yeah. Which is, uh, it looked like they offset. That's uh, what, yeah. They, like they took a single image the colors. and then, and actually pulled them apart. Yeah. So it, it messed with your brain hole. It also it was like, Oh, I can't look at this because it also it's like, mimics comics. So, so, and it motherfucking also mimics. Comics. So yeah. you have in, in old comics, they would, they would, the printing process would do, um, you know, there would be, uh, you know, I'm guessing it's CMYK or whatever, but it's yeah, like right. basically different, different colors. The printer has different colors and it goes through the magenta one. And then it goes through the cyan one and it goes, and if these things are, they, they would be slightly not completely registered. Yeah. So the image would kind of have a softness to it, uh, because the colors are printed separately to stack up on each other. And, and the final thing, they would be stacked up a little bit off. And yeah. Um, and that was just like the, that's just the, the cost of, of, of just being a human being and working with machines is like they weren't a hundred, always a hundred percent calibrated. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it becomes a, a, a thing that, that they intentionalize in this movie where they separate probably an RGB, I'm guessing, like right. they separate the three color pass and then they, they move them a little bit so they're not stacked up exactly in line. So it's almost like a 3D image when you see, like if you take your 3D glasses off during a 3D film and you see that there's like multiple right. yeah, images yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. But it's like, but, 
but it hurts to look at it. So, but they also did it in the same. They did it with the same logic that a narrow depth of field would be exactly so like where things and would it would be. it would rack in intensity yeah, yeah, too, yeah. just like a fucking yeah. depth of field. So yeah. I was so I was asking myself when I saw that I was like, okay, well, this is some crazy comic book shit happening. But they could have easily just done a normal focus, you know what I'm saying, or wow. normal depth of field. And and it obviously I think it would have broken the fourth wall a little bit and been like, whoa, this is weird. But it just seemed like that level of detail and them saying, well, fuck, if we're going to go again, going this was done in such full tilt fashion that um, they didn't just put things in marquees and just add a bam, bam no, no. zoom. Yeah. Like they even took the mechanics of depth of field so to is, another level too. And this would be a really I've never seen that before ever. This would be a anything. really curious thing. We should start looking up and trying to find um We should turn the podcasts, heat on in here too. It's fucking freezing. <laughs> what podcast they've done or who's who's talking about it. Cause I because I, yeah. I I would love to hear about the process from the people that did it, obviously. Oh, instead of you and I just yeah, making yeah. shit up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, it it feels a lot like early on the Simpson in The Simpsons, I saw um, I don't know, writers talking about it. I think it was in like the Conan O'Brien days when Conan O'Brien was writing sure, for The yeah, Simpsons. Yeah. And they were talking about the writing uh, process. And someone had said something like um, that, you know, they when they write the script, they're always keeping in mind what's the funniest way to get from here to here. So they have the idea of what has to happen in the scene. Mm-hmm. Marge has to go crack some eggs in the sink. And then uh, Bart comes into the room and starts eating breakfast or whatever. And within that construct, they have to figure out what's the like. So what's the funniest thing that can happen here? What's the funniest way to get from A to B? Always. Right. Always applying that. And you almost got the feeling watching Spider-Man that every single moment it was what's the most creative way? What's the most visual way that we can get from A to B at any given moment? So like all of those things, it felt like there was never an end to, it wasn't like, oh, we create this construct, we create five rules, and then we just make our movie. It felt like it was always, there was always more to be done. There was always like an added. Um, Do you feel like that's the story department? Those That's the, whoever, no the idea. geniuses they staffed in their storyboards or I wanna, turning all that I want to say that it was, that it would, it felt almost like it was a mandate from the top throughout that like. Um, whatever you're doing, this this movie is going to be uh, visually innovative, um, and so we want you to constantly be thinking create creatively, uh, not trying to like not trying to fit yourself back into the box, but pushing against right, the right. Like the 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 um, you know the the characters are normally for my taste uh, they'd be not stylized enough as far as their shape and and Mm -hmm. stuff. They're very kind of like very humanoid, almost like refined video game characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Except for Kingpin, except for fucking Kingpin. Yeah. Who's like this constant silhouette. And they, you know, it's almost, it it was almost like um, the old uh, uh, Batman, the animated series model Mm -hmm. sheets. where Like the silhouette is so extreme that, you know, having worked with CG characters before, you know, there's no fucking way that this was just a rigged character who just got put in a pose and he looked like that. <laughs> right, right, like, right. There were controls. Someone was basically given the ability to sculpt him into poses as he got to poses. 
And because there was no interior or very little interior information, Mm -hmm. he makes this really intense silhouette during those action scenes. You know, he's the fucking block all the time. And then he punches somebody and all of a sudden he's this Nike swoop. Right, 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 right. um, See, again, that's another really crazy thing, too, is that I know with animation, especially with boarding, when I worked in live action and I finally got into animation, I was a fucking know-it-all. I knew how easy animation was. Uh (laughs) Um, And I knew that in order to make an animated film, all you needed was a script. That was it. And then you could green light it. Um, I'm being sarcastic because I didn't know a goddamn fucking thing. I still probably don't know shit. But um, But one thing I'm starting to become more privy about is, like you said, like, what's the funniest or what's the most interesting way to get from A to B? The fucking magic and boarding. Like, yeah. I was just imagining the that end sequence where, like, New York just starts, like, pieces of New York just start floating around that giant dome. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, the camera choice, the animation choices and the camera choices they made uh, of where to put the camera and shit flying around and swooping around was so well doled out. Yeah, yeah. I was like, holy shit. They controlled. You never got that, like, you never got that uh, born identity, like, an action scene where you're like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It was, you it always was, were tracking what was happening. Yeah, it was really, it was all intentional and it was all beautiful. It yeah. was all like every shot had this choreography. It was almost like a ballet. Even during the moments of like extreme destruction still felt like a ballet, you know, yeah. like it was fucking it was gorgeous. Um, I'm hearing rumors, uh, unless I'm making this up, about um, a sequel. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. why? how could you not? They, they I don't made, know what the final numbers are, so on it, but I'm sure they made a lot of yeah, cash. You know, on money. Saturday Plus, it's night. It's so they, fucking toy ready and lunchbox really, and backpack yeah. ready. We can you imagine toys in those silhouettes like you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, no, and, so, and now okay. people actually make real toys now uh, instead of just like those weird fucking stick figures that we had when we were kids. Yeah. Like toys are yeah. now... Thanks, Pixar, for doing that, by the way. Um, I feel like Pixar really kept their toys intact early on. That when you bought that shit at Toys R Us. It sorry, still Toys looked R Us. like the thing. Yeah, it looked, yeah. Like, yeah, like fucking Buzz Lightyear actually looked, the proportions and color um, actually looked like Buzz Lightyear. So I got one more point. I know we're getting towards the end of this oh, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I got one, one more thing. I got a downer note, which is uh, I think, so one, you go, you go see Spider-Verse and as someone who wants to make things and wants to watch things, you feel like this is a game changer. This is great. This opens up everyone's eyes to a market that they're not going after right now. Biggest problem in my mind is that it is a Spider-Man movie because what do you mean by that? Because now I, my fear is that where this could be, this could be opening the door to all this great content that one of the things, one of the, one of the things that that'll be used to shoot everything down is, well, that's cause it was a, it was a Marvel property. Right. You know right. I mean? Right. Like, right. Like what I want to see is, is this was the safest of the, of the brave things because it was a Marvel property. Now go after some shit we've never seen before, we've never read before. Mm-hmm. We don't have to spend time on an origin story for a character that we've seen nine times now. Right. You know, like we can, you could, you know, like what would be great is if this was like there were, um, you know, like indie graphic novels that got put in, in given this kind of a budget, this kind of a scale that were that were for a little bit of an older audience, not for a rated G audience. Um, that's what I would love to happen. And my fear is that 
Um, They'll excuse the risk taking because the property was already so well established. Because we are in the age of Marvel. You know what I mean? Like I, I've heard people say so many dumb things about so many different properties. Am I one of those people? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Where, where people are like, you know, ah, this is, you know, this is great, but it's not a, you know, it's not really a, um, you know, I don't like I've, I've heard stop motion things poo pooed because they're stop motion from people who don't know what stop motion is. Yeah. Literally. And I'm not, I'm not saying like they don't know how good stop motion is. I feel like you and I have both heard that conversation (laughs) in the last couple of weeks. Like, like I, like from people who, 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 not not in a they don't know what stop motion can be or whatever. I mean from a textbook textbook standpoint of like they don't actually know the definition of stop motion to be poo pooing stop motion. Do you do you remember yes. the last month we were so, at the studio and so anyway, I won't say with who yeah, or what no. network, but yeah. Um that person literally in the room was literally did not understand what stop motion was. Yeah. I mean, bless everybody we ever come in no. contact with, and then, and but was saying no to that particular project because they literally didn't understand what stuff was. And I, I feel like so often people are but just I still like love everybody. looking for the reason to say no to things. And the, the fact that this was a Marvel thing makes, gives them an out yeah. to say no. Whereas I want to fucking see Akira happening in the United States. That would make me so excited. I think that this goes back to the core of, of our but I'm a friendship. Hater and I'm a native. And, right. But it's fucking, <laughs> but in the animation, there is something, you know, when we discover aliens and suddenly everyone stops making $90 million films because our priorities change. Yeah. Um, people are still going to be making movies, but uh, no offense. They're going to be making independent movies right. back where the resources are thin again, where uh, idea is king uh-huh. um, and taking risks and testing ideas is king, not big blockbustery popcorn stuff. So I, uh, I totally hear, I, I hear you and I feel you. Um, I feel like this is going to have huge um, ramifications in the industry because when, and against no offense to, Oni Press and no offense to Universal or Michael Sarah. Um, but that Scott Pilgrim versus the world or whatever that was, that was a live action picture that you could compare to, to Spider-Man in terms of mm-hmm. they, uh, took a comic book graphic novel approach to the aesthetic. And that film was like great on its own merit. But, uh, if I had to compare the two, I was distracted and it felt like, the the comic approach the aesthetic on that film felt tacked on and it felt like an ornament Mm. it didn't feel like it was part of the dna of that film and i feel like there's been other films in the past you know like sin city i mean there Mm -hmm. there have been attempts at this where i'm like oh fuck this is kind of bugging me in a Mm -hmm. big way and it gets overly stylized and what what i like to refer to as overcooked Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying it's Mm -hmm. like it's like fuck you can't even eat it anymore because it's all it's just been fucking yeah, you know, it's been cooked and sautéed, but um, that's Spider Verse didn't do that for me. Right, I was like, God damn. Maybe if they turned the dial one more notch or two more notches, I might have developed a fatigue. But in my opinion, um, you know, it just won every fucking award it was up for at the at the Annies last week. Yeah, uh, actually, when this the, it won the Globe, Golden Globe, that's fucking huge. And it won the Golden Globe, and you know, we're going to be approaching the Oscars soon, which yeah. is great. Um, but at any rate. We I think this is a show. game changer. Let's, Let's do an Oscar show. Let's do it. Yeah. We can break down and all of our, all eight fans in Afghanistan can just be like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck are these guys talking about? They have yeah. no idea what they're talking about, but we're going to talk anyway. Yeah. Um, so good times. Well, thank dude, Rob, thanks for coming to my, uh, we had to turn the heat off. It fucking snowed today. 
So, and last night, and we it was an the, inch and a half, so it shut the city down. <laughs> the whole city shut down. <laughs> but we, uh, I had to turn the heat off. Oh, hey! oh, hey, Dustin just turned the heat back on. It's yeah. so fucking cold in here. I feel like every podcast, I just complain about the temperature like an old, old grandparent. Uh, anyway, uh, everybody, thank you for listening. This is probably episode 10 or 11. I don't know when the fuck this is in the order, but, um, I do have to say that we have like doubled our listenership just in like in the last three weeks, which is unbelievable. Uh, we're in like every fucking country imaginable, which is insane. Um, and, uh, thank you. Thank just, you for listening. Just goes to show people are in their basement everywhere. Yeah. Making shit. That is fucking amazing. I mean, yeah. like Iran, uh, yeah. Iraq, Afghanistan, like there's yeah. like some fucking badass places that are, you know, folks are listening to our, fucking listen to us ramble on so hey so thank you very much um uh thank you thank you a million times over thank you thank you www.com thank you.